This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Michelle Hart, co-author of Mental Health Emergencies. Michelle, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me on. This is a great topic. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's just get right into it. And how did you make uh, the decision to go into social work as a career path? Well, early on, I, you know, I've always been a people person, and I had an experience where I had a sister-in-law who was abducted, and she. Through going through all of these agencies, it became a quite a bureaucracy that I had to navigate. And through all these helping professions, I found really without even knowing ahead of time that the one person that guided me and gave me strength and helped me through the whole ordeal and manage it was a social worker. And it wasn't even till about a year or so after that that upon reflecting and looking back on, you know, where I wanted to take my life, I wanted to be that person. I decided I wanted to be the person to help navigate through tough times and help people that really are in a place that in a normal situation would be able to navigate their life, but for whatever circumstances have run into obstacles. And I wanted to be the person to help navigate because that was the most influential experience in my life. Gotcha. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. It was a profound part of my life and it changed the course of what I was doing. Gotcha. Your best, your best selling book has a lot of great tips and tactics for assisting people with uh, mental health conditions, specifically dealing with substance abuse and, and suicide but what was the first thing? What was the first thing we, the readers uh, in the future, first responders, should understand about ourselves before we even try to assist someone dealing with mental health issues? Well, I would say that what we need to understand about ourselves is that we are enough. We don't have therapists lined up on every corner waiting to help people. We are dealing with the people with mental health. We say them, but it's us. It's our neighbors, it's our coworkers, it's our family members, it's our friends, it's our children, it is us. And so we are enough as we navigate through our lives and we come across people in our lives who, who are in need, we have to understand that professionals are the second line. Usually we are the front line people, mm-hmm. the, the people you inter- interact with on a daily basis. So the most important thing is you are enough. The person that's in that moment is enough for that moment. You don't have to have extensive knowledge or training or schooling or academics or experience. People are enough. Yeah, for sure. And how how did you guys uh, come up with like starting the book and how did it all get put together? Well, it, it, my co-author, Nick Bennis, he mm-hmm. was a business director and I was the clinical director of an agency. And what he 
found was that he was getting called out on situations because as therapists were involved with client daily client interactions and you know we don't have crises based on a nine-to-five situation or mm-hmm. when therapists have availability so as a as a mental health um person in the field he was able to go out and hold the situation and listen and use some of the um techniques that the book talks about to keep somebody in a stable place until further assistance could be rendered to that person and actually be able to assess the situation say if a person needed further help through via hospitalization or by just support of other people, family members and such. And in doing so, he realized that he is who this book is written for. He is the non-mental health trained person who deals with people on a daily basis. And in doing so, he realized that this information could be out there for everyday people experiencing life with their family and jobs. So when he approached me about putting in the clinical perspective of the book i was more than happy to to jump in with him yeah that's awesome and going back to what we were just talking about um how do how do we assist or determine the the needs of colleagues friends or loved ones when they're facing a mental health concern or crisis i would say the most important and what the book reiterates is to listen Mm-hmm. So being present with somebody is the most important thing we can do. And part of being present is to listen. We don't listen with um, a response in mind. We don't listen with a predetermined notion of what this person is experiencing. We listen with the presence of just being with that person. And we hear their words without assumption. And we we try to just listen to it if we listen enough they are going to tell us what they need mm-hmm. and it's just this the sense of presence and using your own body and energy to bring a situation down so a person can get themselves into a stable feeling and be able to relay what it is they're experiencing so ourselves as listening present people are enough yeah, that definitely makes sense. And can you, can you provide our listeners with the present day stigmas surrounding mental health? Well, I think you know the media has mm-hmm. has really portrayed it as you know people running around streets and being all crazy and dangerous, and and the stigma. Nobody wants to talk about mental health. It's always them. And I think I started out with this is people it's them it's other people you know we always say they or them but it's us and it's ourselves if i think at some point in every person's life they're going to have a mental health crisis whether it rises to the level of needing higher level of care is to be determined um but we all experience it and we all have had it touch our lives so the fear surrounding mental illness it's our mind and our body is one so so it should be treated as one um and we need to decrease the stigma of it being this scary 
secretive illness. It's everyday things, and it's just when your mind and body really aren't making the right connections, we have a mental health crisis. And we really need to understand that it's it's not a scary thing. It's something that happens daily, and most of us have the capacity to manage it. Yeah, for sure. Can you give me any stories that uh, people shared with you who read the book that uh, impacted like their life or someone that you met at a book signing? Um, I did meet a person at a book signing, and mm-hmm. this this person had had seen it was a Barnes and Noble signing, and this person had seen a preview of the book and the day I was going to sign, and realized that this might be something that would help them. They had had a family member with a military experience who had come back with some PTSD and they were unaware of what to do or how to help. Um, And so they, upon talking to him at the book signing, this was actually meant for them. So this, this book was actually designed to give this woman the tools that she needed to sit and and reduce the fear and reduce the stigma and I heard later on at another signing I received an email stating that she was able to utilize the power of presence and the power of active listening and the power of paraphrasing back to her family members so that she really felt like rather than presume she could understand and get a better understanding of what her family member needed not only in that moment, but to actually prevent another incident from happening. She learned to recognize signs and symptoms. And, and then also it wasn't in the book, but we talked a lot about um, having people in your life that every one of us should have a basis for what we need in life. So if, if we're having a moment, what is it we might need? Who are our emergency contacts? So we all need some sort of information given to the people we love and care about us that if we were to have a significant life event, a care plan, if you will, that people can follow that. And then it just allowed her to have more questions because when you're dealing with this, you really don't even know the questions you need to ask. So through reading the book, she was able to develop a more thorough knowledge of what she did and didn't know and ask more questions to gain insight. And to me, that was really powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. How does that make you feel to like your book has an impact on people's lives? You know, I don't know if they've even did it a word. <laughs> it's, it's meaningful to me because yeah. this is my career. This is my life. And I yeah. don't, yes, it's a career and we have to make money and we have to do all this. But it's my passion. It's mm-hmm. my passion to leave this world or to leave my career knowing that somebody's been helped along the way. Even if I have to help somebody to help somebody else. I mm-hmm. I did yeah. this because... I was helped. And so to know that I can walk away going, yeah, I've spent 25, 35 years almost now doing the best I can. Have I always been right? No, nobody's ever always right, but I've done the best I can. And I've tried to help along the way. And I think that's the most any of us can ask from each other. 
Yeah, for sure. Do you wish you would have known, uh, or what do you wish you would have known when you first started out in the mental health field that you learned along the way? I kind of feel like it's what's in this book. You know, yeah. this book, I actually, in a couple, I've had several book signings, and I had a couple of people from a university come and buy the book because they said they're starting into social work. And they themselves, I mean, we start off and we do all of these collegiate texts and we have to have all this, you know, book knowledge, but they don't give us a lot of working knowledge. And this book is working knowledge. It's what do I do, A, B, and C? What do I look for? You know, these are the signs, these are the symptoms. And I wish I would have had a little more insight into more specific, common things rather than the generalist perspective. Not that I would have used it in a professional way, but I almost had a stigma that it is professionals that have to help. And myself as a person starting out in school, I needed an education before I could help others. And realizing that now, this is why the book was written because everybody can help. You don't need a professional education. Yeah, definitely. And are you ready for some lighter questions? Uh-huh. What, what are your uh, goals for 2019? 2019. You know, I want to travel. I, I work in a school setting right now. Yeah. I have the summers off. I have my trailer packed and I just, I am a traveler and I love to just, see the country and experience every kind of thing I can experience, you know, any, I find myself getting involved, you know, just through traveling, meeting the most unique people and hearing the greatest stories. And so my goal is just to do more of the same, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and always try to improve my knowledge. So part of my profession is continuing education. So there's always groundbreaking things happening. And, and in, you know, until the day I retire, even probably till the day I die, I will always want to pursue knowledge in the field. Gotcha, gotcha. And do you have any plans of writing or co-writing, like, another book? Not at the moment. Nope. We, we are – this one has taken – you know, taking us where we want it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's out there. If if the opportunity came along, it certainly would be something I would consider. But this is kind of what I wanted to do. I just wanted to inform people that, you know, they're enough. And mm-hmm. I would expand on that if it needed be. But right now I'm very happy with what we have and very busy in my life. And I have a grandchild and I, I just – love life so i find mm. myself finding new adventures every day <laughs> gotcha and i know you kind of touched on it before but what do you like to do on your in your free time oh it could be anything from reading a book all the uh. way to you know just taking new adventures i'm an yeah. adventurous kind of person and i'm not a risk taker but it... i'm an adventure seeker i love i love hearing stories of people's travels so you know, one of my passions is baseball, and I got to go to Game 5 of the Dodgers, and that, to me, was a pinnacle. You know, over mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, I went to San Diego and visited my aunt is 98, and I went to her birthday, and we went to a Dodgers game, and just, I'm always up for experiences, and I find try to find joy and happiness in everything I do. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Is there any like country or state you really want to visit? Mm. You know, I really want to get a lot back east. I, I've I've seen most of the western United States and the Midwest. Yeah. I kind of want to start, you know, and I've gone back east just flying to separate places, but I would like to really spend a lot of time exploring the highways and byways of the east. And then as far as countries, Ireland and Scotland would be two of my must-sees. For sure. Last one, could you give me, like, your top three favorite books you ever read? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Top three favorite books. Um, that's a tough one. I, I, how about, how about like three books you recently, recently read? Well, uh, you know, I like, I, I am a self-help kind of guru kind of person. Yeah. And so I, I, I've been reading because of just knowledge wise, I've been reading the principles, the seven principles of, um, making a marriage work. Okay. I, I think it really has a lot of good, solid stuff in it. I, I, um, I just like reading. I like reading like that. And then I like autobiographies. So Adam Greenberg's book, Adam, like I'm a baseball fan. Mm -hmm. So Adam Greenberg wrote a book um, and it's an amazing book. And I don't know if you're familiar with that one or not, but I love that book. And I love each chapter, how he gives just insight and a meaning to what, what he experienced and puts it into life. I, I just love that book. And then um, one of my other ones is Patrick Kennedy. He's one of my favorites, and he wrote a book called The Common Struggle. And I I follow him a lot because the Kennedys tend to do really – they're the foundation for um, mental health parity, which means that mental health shouldn't be separated from – physical health that when you go to the doctor you shouldn't make a more a higher copay because you're doing mental health versus going in for a physical exam Mm -hmm. so the parity act and the kennedys and anything the kennedys do i follow because of that they're big believers in equalizing mental health destigmatizing mental health and um so that's that's probably my the the book i love the most just because i love how his family what they've done for us yeah, for sure. I'll I'll take I'll take those answers. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are they good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they're they're my favorites. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. And can you let the people know where uh, they can buy your book? Anywhere. So any yeah. on any you can buy your book. Yeah, I know. It's pretty uh, easy to get stuff nowadays. It is. Yeah, you know. any search you do, your book will pop up, and it's it's there, ready to be purchased. And we're just happy to have it out there for anybody who it can help. Yeah, definitely. Again, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you very much.